0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly.
1: Martinez gets the shotgun snap, has plenty of time. Holding, holding, looking, throwing deep downfield Has Spielman open at the 25. He's got a 20, 15, jukes a defender, 10, 5, touchdown Nebraska!
0: Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Ben McLaughlin and Nate Rohr. Good evening. Welcome Sports
2: Nightly here on a Wednesday night. Thanks to everybody for joining us here on a Wednesday evening. Hopefully everybody had a terrific hump day. Got three hours of Sports Nightly coming your way. Kind of patchwork tonight. We've got bodies shifting all over the place, but we're giving you three hours of programming nonetheless. Coming up here in just a second, we'll have the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp, uh, with us for about a half hour before he's got to head out to a special event with the Husker football staff. So we will actually hear from head coach Scott Frost tonight as well. So looking forward to that uh, very much. Also in the 7 o'clock hour, it is signing day, believe it it or not, with the lack of action today. It's crazy to think how uh, different of a feel this day has compared to three years ago. But uh, it is signing day, and we will uh, get the bow on the 2020 recruits with Greg Smith of Hale Varsity coming up in the 7 o'clock hour of the show. Joining us at some point. In the 7 o'clock hour, Nate Rohr, who is boots on the ground with Husker Softball in Las Cruces, New Mexico. They open their season tomorrow. Nate will join us um, for the rest of the show whenever he can uh, hook up from the state of New Mexico. So uh, look forward to talking with him. And of course, we'll play some buy-sell in hour number three. Also, with Husker Softball starting, that means right around the corner as well, Nebraska baseball. The Will Bolt era begins for the Huskers. And just over a week as the Husker baseball team down in Waco, Texas, taking on the Baylor Bears. And following that, a trip out to San Diego. The Tony Gwynn Classic Nebraska Alumni Association is putting on an event out in California, so we'll get some details with that with Derek Engelbart all before we say goodnight here tonight. If you want to be a part of the show, 866-HUSKER-1, the number to do so, 866-487-5371. That's our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline bringing you more choices and brands, locations and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse, and we happy to welcome into the program now the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. It wasn't that long ago, three years I think, where I was like a I was like a student slamming for a test. I was watching uh, game film tape on a, a bunch of guys making all kinds of sheets, you know, figuring out who was going to sign, who wasn't going to sign, how many the Huskers were taken, and this year i did basically absolutely nothing
1: you did it in december though yeah, i did Maybe yeah if you weren't laying on a beach what was that last year you were laying on a beach like on recruiting day and yeah i was uh, i was on my honeymoon you were on your honeymoon yeah. that's right by the way i love this seat that you get every night you sit there you yeah. get point blank view of the tv now you know why i'm never paying attention to what you're saying yeah you're you're always looking at me, what what did you just say yeah <laughs> uh yeah uh, it's totally different right i mean it's just completely changed it and i think we all anticipated When college football went to the early signing period that it would change February, but I don't think we thought it would change it this much. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe 80, 75 to 80 percent of your class would sign in December, and that would leave still a third of your, or fourth of your class to be signed in February. That's just not the case, unless you've uh, our program has gone through a coaching change, then it could maybe shake it up a little bit. Uh, but man, it's just it's totally different. I think a lot of the media around here today has just talked about how there's just no drama today because it's. Uh, it just has completely shaped. and I think it's it's okay. I think it's a good thing for players if, if players are taking advantage of that and signing there and being able to enjoy their holidays then I think it's probably a good thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then obviously, and, and we've talked about this a little bit this week, this is necessary. People may say, well, why even have you know the February signing period? There are there are a handful of cases around the country with grades and you know transfer credits, coaching changes, you know all types of things that affect work. You still have to have it. Um, and I think you know it's still still an important day, but most of the legwork is being done in December. And I know uh, we're going to get into Coach Frost and kind of the mood over over there right now. But you know, how do you feel about the work that this staff has done? Um, you know, considering the state of the program, I guess, uh, and and still able to haul in a top 20 class, I think is very impressive. But you know. W- w- the the intrigue to me is the perception of Nebraska football outside the state, going into living rooms in Miami and Texas, and being able to convince them. You know, we got something going in Lincoln when, you know, we've struggled to make a bowl game. That to me
1: is the story of the class. How, how did this group manage to put together this high of rated a of class coming off four and eight five seven, and the haul that they were able to pull out of Florida? I mean, that, that just speaks to Travis Fisher and his ability to go down there and recruit and get the the N in front of those young, prospective student-athletes, and to entice them to come to Nebraska. But I also don't want to limit or dismiss the fans' influence in this thing, Ben, too. I mean, you bring these young guys up here, and if, you, if you're if you fortunate enough to get them here on a game day, they're blown away by what Memorial Stadium is like on a game day. And so I, th- that's a credit to our fan base and those folks that are able to put on a really good show. And I think that certainly does make a difference. But... Great work by this coaching staff, and in particular, Travis Fisher. He's certainly been rewarded. We learned, we've we learned in the last 30, 30 days or whatever that he got a contract extension and a pay raise, so did Ryan Held, much deserved on his part as well. But it's remarkable that this class is going to be, again, back-to-back years in the top 20, uh, considering Nebraska's only won nine football games the last two years. But I think it's a combination of great work by the staff, the power of the end, and the power of this fan base that still uh, su- supports us, and and you know, on social media. I mean, these kids are so dialed into social media; they lock into it, and they see the push and the feedback they get from Nebraska fans. I think it's a little addictive to these guys that they like. Wow, that's the 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 beast gets fed quite a bit with our, with this fan base. Absolutely, and I think. The
2: thing that's that's always cool to see, and we're seeing. it, You mentioned social media. We're starting to see it more with you know the Husker football social. How excited these guys are to be yeah, here! You they know, are, you know, especially these these early enrollees. The videos that they're pumping out. You know, these kids are really excited to kind of turn this thing around.
1: They sure are. In fact, I'm gonna be. I'm headed here in just a minute to get up to the uh, Strategic Air Museum. We've got a, a Husker donor event tonight with some of the football coaches to talk about this recruiting class, and a couple of these young men are going to be there. Henry Gray is one of them who you talked to back in December uh, during that signing period. He was an incredible recruiter himself. I mean, he was getting all over Instagram and Twitter and and reaching out to guys and going, come on, join me. This is going to be great. We're going to turn this thing. We're going to flip this thing. So there is something to that. Guys, uh, coaches will always tell you the best recruiters are your players. And so if you've got players in a program that are excited about the future and you get guys who commit to you and they're excited about the future, that certainly can go a long ways. Where do you think the the state of just the team is
2: mentally? Um, not not the new guys, but the players that have been through. I'm thinking about guys like Cam Taylor-Britt, Adrian Martinez. Guys are brought in from this staff. You've gone through two seasons now and you haven't quite seen the change, but... You know, you're about to attack another offseason, and you know any,
1: any football player in the 90s here at Nebraska would tell you that's where, that's where seasons are won and lost no this question. time of the year. We talked to Jeremiah Searles the other night on the program, and he said that very same thing. He said he loved it. He loved this time of year because he knew that's where he was getting better. It's getting stronger, faster, maybe a little quicker if you're a skill position player. You hope the players are working hard, and that's going to be one of the questions I'll have for Coach Frost here in a couple of minutes. What's he hearing about winter conditioning with Zach Nuvall? Are they putting the work? I would hope. They're hungry. I would hope they're eager to get back on the practice field to get 2020 here and to try to start winning some football games for this program. I would hope that's what we're going to hear. How cl- Mainly judging off last
2: year, how close do you feel they are? I mean, I feel like it's a hard question to answer because – Every game presents its own set of circumstances like if you were to look at the Ohio State game and go yeah they're they're a ways away but you were to watch the I, Iowa game and I don't know I, that I guess I all. would ask
1: you close to what are they close to competing for a conference title national title not maybe national title but you know to where
2: they're a threat you know they where let's just let's just go with what what the
1: outside experts expected them to be in July yeah. I think we're closer than than maybe we think at 4 and 8 and 5 and 7 because what of of Scott's 24 football games, almost half have been decided by a touchdown or less. We just have gone three and nine in those games. So I think maybe we're closer than you think. I, I would walk away from Saturday games, and maybe you were different. And I would go, well, we don't, we're not terrible, but we're just not quite good enough and make the place to win. So there's a difference there. we I mean, yes, Ohio State punched us in the nose, but that was a really good football team either the second or third best team in the country i mean I, that certainly was a great game with clemson for them but other teams we certainly went toe-to-toe with i mean i was had much better years than we had the last two years and and but both games came down to the final play of the game with them making a few goals so i think we're i think we're close in some ways not so much in others and maybe it's more between the head than it is physically. Yeah, that's kind of where I go with it. It's it's making the winning
2: plays or just not making the losing plays. That's 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 the big difference. And you know, I think today is a you know it's always an exciting day for every program. You know, just kind of put a staple on it, and, and everybody can feel good about their class. But you know, certainly with Husker football, the the, the wins right now are what's important. I know that staff knows that, and. Um, probably a different feel over in those offices with a with a couple of a new bodies. Well, not one, one new body, one returning right. body. Right. Um, but you know, just kind of reshuffling some things a little bit. Maybe
1: has you know a little ears perked up heightened attention i would think i would sure hope so and we'll you know we're not that far away from spring practice where we're going to have access to those coaches and those players and get their feel about that and i do want to revert back to what we talked about today it was kind of ho-hum it was for the huskers but you know my my twitter feed was blowing up today with with young High school seniors, boys and girls, signing letters of intent, particularly on the boys' side with football programs. That you know, not maybe the Division One level, but Division Two level or NAI level. I don't want to take away from their game today. Cause that was a, it's a big day for them as well, and so congratulations to all of them. Just for those of us kind of surrounding with Husker football, bit of a home hummer.
2: Yeah, but and then you know. Big, big to just be done with it and start moving on to to the next year. And tonight I know it's a, it's a big celebration. It's a fun night, you know, for, for, for fans to come and, you know, special people of the program to come check out and, and see what this class is all about and to hear, you know, these coaches talk about the work that they've done. And I'm, I'm sure there's some people
1: excited to hear from these from the uh, from the newest Huskers. See, I'm sure they're absolutely going to be very excited to hear from some of these guys. And I also wish we'd mention that, the fans were lining up at the ticket office this morning because the spring game tickets went on sale this morning. Bill Moose was delivering donuts over there. I bet he had one. Maybe. I bet he had one for himself. Knowing <laughs> Bill, he likes food. So uh, that was exciting. Uh, did, did that got going today. I know the, the season ticket holders had a chance to buy theirs yesterday. So what do you bet the spring game sold out? <laughs> uh, if it's not, it's going to be road I gonna be close. i, I, I kind of
2: feel like doubting Husker Nation will just get you in trouble. So <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay away from that. But
1: uh, and you get to go this year. That's what's so exciting for all of us.
2: I'm, I'm gonna need an instruction manual <laughs> on what to do at one of them. Um, <laughs> it'll it'll come back to you. Yeah, it's spring game. I haven't I've been been a part of that. What
1: uh, Nate's Nate's on the ground. He is in New Mexico. How About that softball, ready to roll tomorrow. And we're a week away. <laughs> Nick Hanley and I are going to have the first weekend for Husker Baseball uh, with Bader, You'll join me for the second weekend. And you, t- you mentioned you're going to talk to Derek Engelbart from the Alumni Association later on in the air. You can put on a big event out in San Diego. There's quite a few Husker alums that live out in that part of the, the country. I kind of feel like I just
2: need the, the baseball season to start because I don't think I'm still over what happened in Oklahoma City. One of
1: the good things to come from today is heard from the head coach today. Sure did. Got a chance this afternoon to sit down with him and talk. We've not, I don't, I don't think I've seen him since late December. He's been traveling a lot. Um, we all kind of had some vacation time, so just haven't bumped into him, but seemed relaxed, kind of relieved. You know, you kind of put this behind you football coaches work, put, divide the year up in segments where they just kind of chop it up. Well, this is one phase. It's over. Not that you stop recruiting because you still have junior days and all that type of thing, but you kind of move on to the next thing. I think he's kind of ready for that to happen. What's the feeling over in that office? I mean, I know they're probably not happy with the
2: way the, the season went, but you know, signing day always kind of gives you a little boost. What What's the mood over there?
1: I think um, determined would be a word I would use for what they are. They, they have not obviously been happy with years one or two that they feel like both seasons should have ended in postseason and didn't and I think you know talking to him and we'll get to it here in just a second I think he knew there had to be a couple things changed with this program and I think that's with the new hires that were made in the last 30 days so I think um I think determined is a good word and, and getting good reports of what the guys are working hard in the weight room and their winter conditioning and heck, it'll be, you're going to snap your fingers, Ben, and spring practice is going to be here and that's the next phase for these guys to get to. Well, let's hear what he had to say. Well, yeah, we sat down, we just talked about the last 30 days, what, what it's been like for him. He's, Obviously been recruiting and, and primarily working on the, the juniors for, for the next class for this football program, but also hiring some coaches. So we started off by what, what it's been like for him the last month.
3: Yeah, it used to be you got a little uh, downtime in the offseason, but there, there's always issues to address. Um, feel great about how we did in recruiting and excited about these guys. Um, obviously, there's some couple staff changes, never really want those to happen uh, because I think uh, keeping the same guys around and keeping that continuity is really important. Uh, one great thing about it happening the way it did is you know getting Mike Dawson back and getting a guy that is already familiar with our scheme on offense but I think can add some uh, there's a little bit of continuity and flow to that so um, we're putting the team together and, and getting ready to em- embark on an effort to, to keep improving and get where we want to be. had to be a bit
1: quick adaptation for him I mean this was here 12 months ago.
3: Yeah, I, I, Mike Dawson's just a great human being. Uh, he's a really good football coach. He brings energy and passion. His guys are always going to play tough. Um, you know, we needed to be better at outside linebacker. Um, uh, quite a few of the big plays that we gave up last year because we weren't in, in the right places or uh, creating the plays at that spot. I, I feel great about the guys we have at that position right now, and I think having uh, Dawson working with those guys can make us better.
1: Was that a position that you really wanted to address, that outside backer spot
3: with this group? Yeah, with the recruiting class, I think if we had two priorities, it was uh, getting some more weapons on offense at skill positions and uh, getting some edge guys that could help us in the run game and rush the passer. The other side of that was wide receivers,
1: which now that group is going to be coached by Matt Lubick. Tell me about Matt. You obviously have a long history with him, and, and certainly I'm guessing excited about having him here in Lincoln. Yeah,
3: Matt's, again, just a great human being and and great friend. Um, I was receiver coach at Oregon for several years. And then uh, when I started running the offense as the OC, he was the uh, receiver coach. Um, He's going to get our guys blocking better, running better routes, uh, I think being more disciplined. And he's certainly going to have more talent to work with now with the guys that uh, we brought in. Omar Manning is a guy that certainly catches a lot of people's eyes. And then you've
1: got, obviously, Xavier Betts. you you got get some bigger wideouts. You really haven't
3: had that in your two years here in Lincoln. That's certainly got to be a big addition to the room. Yeah, to be honest with you, in my coaching career, I've never really had guys that look like those two. Um, so you know, I think both those guys have NFL bodies. I think Omar looks like a Sunday guy right now. And it's up to us as coaches to make sure that no, we get him playing that way. The two running backs may have to jump in and play right away, right? That's not a room that's got a ton of depth. No. uh, You know, we were thin there when we got here. a Couple unfortunate things happening and we're, we're thin again. Uh, I do feel great about Mills coming back and and Ramir did some really good things at the end of the year and obviously has the speed we're looking for. Um, I think there's some uh, receivers and running backs in this group that can probably take carries. You know, always feel like Wandale is, is a weapon if we give him some carries. Uh, Savion is a kid that I, I just love being around. I think he has a chance to be a complete back for us. Uh, Marvin. Um, fits our offense perfect, and I think he's going to be physically ready to come help. So we're going to have to rely on some young kids. I um, also think that Will Nixon can take some carries if we need him, and Alonte Brown uh, can probably be a combination running back receiver for us. So we're starting to get those type of weapons that this offense needs.
1: Busy with head coach Scott Frost here on Sports Only on the Husker Sports Network. We talked about Mike Dawson being seamless coming back into the program with Matt Lubick. You, you two probably speak the same language, right? I mean, your offense has probably tweaked a little bit since you were with him at Oregon. But
3: he probably understands a lot of the verbiage that you throw out there on a daily basis. Yeah, I suppose it's like knowing uh, Chinese or Arabic. If you know the language, you can learn one or two new words. And like you said, he was already fluent in what we're doing. Um, and he, he's done a great job already taking charge and trying to get us uh, you know, a little bit more organized and a little bit more efficient. And I mean, as close as we've been to getting over the hump, um, just a little bit here and a little bit there can make the difference.
1: You've been out re- traveling quite a bit, recruiting, hiring coaches. So I don't know how much time you've been around your team. They certainly have been around the weight room and conditioning. What what reports are you getting from Coach Duvall? And where do you feel like this team is here uh, about a month into this winter conditioning program?
3: I'm getting good reports. Um, and I've even been around watching the guys a little bit. Uh, finally feel like the pervading attitude on our team is what we want. Um, you see the camaraderie, you see some leadership, uh, you see guys buying in and selling out. Um, and that's a good start. You know, then, then a lot of work has to go in uh, to build what we need to build. Um, we're a lot bigger when you look at our team, and I think our length is better, which you need in this league. So th- there's a lot of potential there. Um, it's still potential right now, and it's up to all of us to do the work to get it there.
1: Mm-hmm. Last week, Coach, the, um, there was a story that broke that said the Big Ten, and particularly the ADs, are pushing a proposal to allow a one-time transfer in college football. And I'm, I'm anxious to get your thoughts about this. The NCAA tabled it so it's not going to be in effect for at least a year if it gets passed through the rest. Your thoughts about that? This certainly seems like it would be a major change to the sport of college football.
3: It's my understanding, and I, I could be wrong, but what we talked about in a head coach's meeting here that the Big Ten tabled a, a suggestion to take away the one-time transfer exception and to give the one-time transfer section. Uh, exemption to all sports and and really I think that was an attempt to start the dialogue of where this needs to go Um, probably doesn't make a lot of sense that there's restrictions on transferring in some sports and not other sports Uh, at the same time I think we need to make sure that the transfer rules are such that it doesn't uh, really change the the dynamics of intercollegiate sports and amateurism so I think the Big Ten was trying to push that dialogue along, and it sounds like people have punted on that down the road a little bit. And and sooner or later, we're going to have to make those decisions.
1: We're all still trying to get used to the transfer portal. How active are you still monitoring that? And how big of an influence has that been in the game in in
3: just a couple of years? I think it's been a big influence. Um, Probably not as big as some people thought it would be. Um, You know, I I think uh, there's some really good players that end up in the portal. Um, probably not as many as, as people thought. I don't think it was the gold mine that some people expected it to be. And, and we'll continue to monitor it and, and probably add a player or two here or there if we need them. Um, but we certainly don't want to build our team that way. About a month away from, from spring ball beginning, how anxious
1: are you to get out there and get your new coaches involved in this thing? And how anxious do you think your team
3: is to get out there and try to become better? I hope the team's as anxious as I am, and I think they are. Um, Again, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, We were close last year, but close doesn't win you anything. Um, Anxious to see improvement from all the guys that played last year. Anxious to see this new group uh, come in and the new guys that we have. Um, You know, I'm always careful on on signing day to to say too much about these guys. I've probably said this to you before, but I remember Coach Osborne would never really say more about a player than i i think he's a pretty good player he could be a pretty good player and um you know nebraska fans are, are if i say too much are going to take the accolades that I, I use on these guys and turn them into the next tommy Fraser and the next uh, dave remington and and that's not really fair to these kids i'm i'm really happy about the the signing class we have and what we added um, and anxious to help these guys in, along their first steps of development it's
1: a top 20 class and it's back-to-back years you've been able to do that, and yet you have not had the success on the field. How hard is that to do that, and what does that say about your staff and, and all the people behind the scenes who put these guys in place and maybe the even the fans who come and support this program, that you are able to do that because you haven't had the success on the field that you would think you'd have to have to put that together?
3: Yeah, I think our recruiting success has been good uh, considering our results on the field. Um, Want to give a lot of credit and a big thank you to Nebraska fans and the people of the state uh, because that makes an enormous difference in recruiting for us when when people see the support of fans, when they get follows and likes on Twitter, and, and when they see the stadium full every week. And, and a lot of credit has to go to Nebraska fans. Uh, we're going to recruit well. Uh, every year at Nebraska because of what Nebraska is and what Nebraska has to offer uh, but they need to be the right kids too uh, they can't just be highly ranked kids that, that never contribute um, You know, we don't want to be about winning signing day, we want to be about winning games and we're starting to get the the right type of players in the program that hopefully will be able to do that Well congrats, it's a really good class congrats to you on the
1: entire staff, great work on this and let's get the spring ball here, I'm ready Can't wait, let's go Joining us
2: now on our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline, man who uh historically very busy day but maybe not so much today greg smith joining us from Hale varsity gotta be weird man february signing day i mean normally this is where you're slamming all your caffeine and all your coffee and tracing down rumors what was your day like today
4: yeah it was very odd you're right you know i woke up and kind of tried to stay with my same routine i woke up early about 6 a.m the same time i usually do um went and got my my big bat of coffee and then nothing really was going on. Like it, it was just strange. Um, it almost felt like I was missing something, though I knew that, you know, nothing was coming down the pipe. And there was nothing really um, to be monitoring and chasing down. But yeah, it was a bizarre day from my standpoint, um, but probably ultimately a good thing uh, for the team that it, that it was more like this than kind of flying all over the place.
2: And I don't think entirely unexpected, Greg. I think with the, the damage Nebraska did in December, we kind of expected a quiet day today. Uh, but what 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 can you tell us about the work the Husker staff tried to do the last week to two weeks to you know maybe add one more if they could but you know more so work ahead to to next year's class.
4: Yeah, there there were really two names for the 2020 class that were out there. Chris Avershrain, a wide receiver from Alabama who took an official visit um, during the month of January. He was actually the only player for 2020 to take an official visit um, during the month of January. And then Tanoa Tojai, uh, a big defensive lineman out of Idaho, who basically the entire staff went and saw uh, this past weekend before the dead period hit. Um, He ended up picking Utah today over Nebraska and a few other schools. Uh, But the best majority of, of Nebraska's work during this month of January was working ahead on 2020-21 um, and beyond that actually um, they hosted two junior days um, on campus uh, which, which were big hits a lot of guys I talked to are really impressed with the one-on-one attention they got and the strength and conditioning presentation from Zach Duval. plus what's coming down the pipe um, List the new facilities so nebraska was busy also getting out in high schools um it just wasn't so much focus on 2020
2: yeah walk us through the junior days these are becoming more and more popular and i know it's every time you chan- every chance you get to bring a kid to lincoln to see the facilities it, it, it's a big coup but this is kind of one one just added day walk us through how nebraska approaches these and why they're so successful
4: Yeah, so how Nebraska kind of does it is is interesting to me because they like to have it be where that junior day isn't always necessarily your first time on campus. So this gets set up really starting earlier than that in the process where hopefully a kid has come out the year before for either a practice or a game day visit um, in a lot of cases and then they come out for this junior day and well then they're excited to come back for junior day and they're going to see familiar faces. It's just not the first time that you're going through. so when you have guys on campus that come back, like T.J. Bowlers, the four-star 2020 outside linebacker from Iowa, who's been in Nebraska probably four or five times, um, the same thing with Thomas Bedoni, the four-star tight end out of Council Bluffs. He's been here numerous times, Avante Dickerson, uh, Keegan Johnson, all of those guys. Um, Seth Malcolm, a lot of them have been here um, numerous times before, which was always good. It's always good to get them back familiar. Um, and Nebraska sets those up so the prospects and their parents can go through kind of the whole gamut of seeing all of the facilities, getting the academic presentation, the strength and conditioning presentation. They also get to meet with Coach Kyle Frost, um, which is always a big uh, part of the, the weekend for the kids as well. Uh, so it's a really nice setup, and Nebraska seems to have something really cooking with those, and they may have another one of those um, later on when the contact period opens back up um, later on this summer.
2: That goes hand-in-hand hand with my next question of you know obviously with no damage done today the big question is going to be, well, what type of work has Nebraska set up for with themselves in 2021 how have those relationships gone of extending that that relationship you already mentioned a couple of pros, prospects already but you know making up some ground here in this open period you know while while you know think of the time they were first here on campus they were trying to fill their whole class during this time now they're kind of using it to work ahead how have they done in that area
4: yeah they they've done a great job in that area, and it's one of the things that I feel like I'd noted each week during the season when i was, when I was kind of breaking down the visit list is that of course they had official visitors um, for that current cycle, but the rest of is a really good job of keeping in contact with players in future classes and it may be guys that you know aren't as big of a deal like at the moment when they come on campus two years ago um, like Thomas Fedoni has been coming to campus for a couple of years now, Avante Dickerson for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden you get to their cycle and it's oh they've been here a whole bunch of times and Nebraska has a great uh, relationship with them um, and that's great so Nebraska's done a good job of setting that up and then kind of the, the next step from here will be getting guys out to spring football practices then the spring game in which they can have official visitors come out for the spring game as well if they elect to do that and then your summer and spring official visits um, which is already one of those set up and I think that's going to be big because Nebraska will have their full allotment um, of official visits uh, carried over here to the next cycle.
2: Greg last time we had you on in December we talked a lot about that crew from Miami and not just Miami Northwestern but in the surrounding areas and and there's another there was a photo that came around in that December about uh, a next batch of of players and, and one in particular a linebacker who was a five star and Terrence Lewis he put out his top six today with Nebraska being in there what what type of relationship has Nebraska started hit? With him, what do you know about his situation? How much is it going to help having a couple of his former teammates here?
4: Yeah, it will always help uh, to have those those relationships with guys that are here because one of the things um, that Nebraska has the opportunity to do is when you get uh, seven players from this particular recruiting class um, in, in from the state of Florida and a lot of top prospects, popular guys, they know each other, right? Like, so they all know each other. They've got teammates um, with a couple of the signees that were in this class before, so they're already friends with them. So word of mouth is important. So those guys get here and they have a good experience there of course, going to tell him, Um, and then you, of course, have the coaches recruiting him, and then you can hopefully get him on campus, and they're hoping to get him on campus um, hopefully this spring, if not the summer, at the latest, um, so you can get him on a couple of times. Um, But that ends up really helping, and I think Nebraska is in a good enough position right now, obviously, to be in his top six. Um, I think he's uh, he's going to be a top 100 player in the country, Um, similar kind of to uh, Keyshawn Green was in this recruiting class. Um, It's really good for Nebraska to be in the position they are right now with Terrence Lewis.
1: The, the, the
2: spot that he's in with Miami Northwest, you know you're going to run into very, very good talent. But as, as Lewis put out in his other six, you're going to run – if you're talented, you're going, to, you're going to get the offers flooding in. And with the rest of his six, how does Nebraska compare uh, and what type of message can they give those kids from Florida to compete with teams like Texas A&M and Alabama and LSU who are going to offer basically every big-time prospect to come from the Miami area?
4: Yeah, the, one of the big things is, and I think Scott Frost mentioned this um, in the past, which is trying to identify those kids in Florida um, that are more likely to leave the state of Florida that are ready to see something different. And I think that that's something that came up a lot with those seven Florida guys that, that are in Nebraska's 2020 classes. It's, okay, yeah, I love where I'm from, um, but I also need to go be my own man and, and see something else. So I think that's one of the, the selling points to then try to get someone away from those Florida schools. But then if you also if you also look at some of his other other schools, um, you know, Tennessee, Texas A&M a little bit, you're in a situation where, okay, coaching stability and coaching changes then start to become an issue as well um, because Nebraska staff has been so stable under Scott Frost, that ends up helping you as well. Um, And then playing time is always a thing when you're that good. You can sell that as well. Um, So there are plenty of selling points that you can make to those kids um, that are coming out of that area.
2: Greg Smith, Hell Varsity is our guest we're talking a lot about you know Florida in this case the East Coast, but there's also a handful of, uh, of prospects. You mentioned um, one of them already from from in state or in the surrounding areas, and cornerback from West Side, also tight end from Council Bluffs. That that's getting a lot of attention right now. While it's important to get those areas, we have seen a handful of good prospects, not just in football and basketball, and other areas as well. Uh, In the state of Nebraska, what's the emphasis on on giving attention where it's due to to kids in your backyard and, and these two guys in particular?
4: Yeah, it's, there's a big focus in that because what's, what's happened here over the last couple of years is you've had an, an increase in talent overall um, in the state and football. You see more schools. It's reflective of how many schools you're seeing come in um, for a lot of these guys. You sometimes, um, especially in the case of Avante Dickerson and, and Thomas Bedoni, he's right there across the river, um, you're seeing national schools come in to try and recruit those guys, and that helps everybody. That helps their teammates get seen. Um, there's a trickle-down effect for that, but for Nebraska, it's not that often that you have this many uh, in consecutive seasons um, top players in the area so you want to make sure that you lock those guys down and let them not get away because in a lot of cases too if you don't get them you end up playing them um, and you know how that sometimes goes and always feels like if you end up not getting those guys they end up being all conference level players somewhere else and no one ever wants to see that
2: in the case of Dickerson he's going to be able to pick wherever he wants to go i mean he's every big offer there is to have that can be very tempting for a guy in Nebraska, you know, you just to see those offers. It's, it's becoming a, a very real thing starting to see it a little bit in basketball with Hunter Salas from Miller North. I mean, to, to be able to, to go to your place in, in Nebraska, nonetheless, it's very eye opening and, and it's very intriguing. What's what's his circumstance? You know, from what you know about him and his recruiting process, and and how hard Nebraska is after him, that that's a given. But you know, with the allure and and you know the temptation of of leaving the state and going to play for a big time program.
4: Yeah, you know what's interesting about Avante is is he's probably he's up that age where it's a kind of a coin flip on whether or not he grew up as a diehard Husker fan, right? So you've always got because of the the results of his kind of formative years. Um, so you've got that that as a factor. But then also what also what's interesting is he released a top three of Nebraska, LSU, and Ohio State, really right before all of this new flood of attention came in, right? So he got A and M um, and Old. Men and Tennessee and all sorts of schools out there um, that are trying to recruit him so he's got a lot of new attention I don't know if that caused him to alter that top three but I know that Nebraska has been on him for a couple of years now he's told me that he has a really good relationship uh, with defensive back coach Travis Fisher Um, so we'll see if, if the distance ends up being a factor for him and he wants to stay a little bit closer to home when it's all said and done because you're right he's going to have options to go anywhere in the country. All right, man. Well, what's
2: next for you? I mean, are you already turning the page to 2021? You get a little downtime here before spring ball. I mean, this is typically the the night where you go celebrate with a big steak dinner or whatever, whatever it is that you like. But, you know, you've had some a little bit of time to decompress here the last month.
4: Yeah, it's it's been weird. I have had some time to decompress. It doesn't feel like I need the vacation right away. Um, I usually do I go to the Bahamas or something. This year, I'm going to wait until after spring ball and go to Amsterdam and Paris. So we'll do that later um, to decompress. it. right now, I just got to put my feet up um, and have a steak.
2: Well, you guys did a great job. You and everybody that that puts their hands in recruiting. It's a it's a tireless, tireless job, and uh, and lots of rumor hunting and. You know, Usually you guys deserve a break, but this one a little bit different than it has been in year past. Greg, we really appreciate you coming on. Give us a breakdown and, and a look ahead to 2021. Enjoy a little time off before spring practice, man. Thanks a lot.
4: Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks as always, man.
2: We're, we're going from one end of the spectrum to the other. I mean, we're going love-hate. You hate spam phone calls, but everybody loves buy-sell. Let's play.
0: It's time to buy or sell. Buy sell is brought to you by Famous Dave's. Your perfect catering choice for business lunches, meetings, weddings, parties, and more. Treat your guests to authentic smoked daily barbecue, made from scratch sides, and award-winning desserts. Famous Dave's. We do catering right Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Brett Whitty, and Josh Hilkeman.
5: Well, here we are, and we're in a little bit of a unique situation. I don't know if we've done this before, where one of you is in studio (laughs) and one of you is on the road, but we're going to make this work. So it'll be fun. We'll do the best we can. Exactly. Lock and load. Right. Well, to set things up, we are in season two of Buy Sell, and we have gone through four weeks of questions. So we have four weeks of answers, and that means that this week is the fifth week of questions. Which means that when we play next, we will be wrapping up Season 2 of Buy, Sell. So let's let's jump into it. And also to set this up, Nate, going into this week, you have a three-point lead on Ben. 19, or excuse me, it was... I don't know what it was, but you had a three-point
2: lead.
6: <laughs> I was up three. That's yeah. what matters. Exactly. I feel
2: like season season two happened in, like, two weeks, and season one happened in four years. Yes,
6: yeah.
5: that's true. We, we have definitely picked up the frequency <laughs> here in season two, that's for sure. Yes. All right, well, let's jump into the answers that we have and before we get into the questions that will determine season two. First, from Husker Women's Basketball, this one was asked back on January 8th. Last time we played was January 15th. We actually played twice in a row, but uh, this one from January 8th. Buyer sell that Nebraska would finish plus 20 in points through the remainder of January, and that was over seven games. The answer was a sell. The Huskers kind of hit a schneid, and they were minus 11 in those
2: seven games. You guys both bought it, and you were both incorrect. Yeah, I didn't foresee the, uh, the struggles that they've had coming. They really need to kind of snap out of it here. But, hey, it's all about
7: how you're playing at the end of the year. So get that out of the way now. That's right. All right, some NFL answers coming from the last time we played back on January 15th. The buyers saw that there would be at least 100 points scored in the AFC and NFC Championship games. That ended up being a buy. There was 116 points scored in those games combined. You guys both sold that, though, and were both incorrect. Oof!
2: <laughs> Not a great start. A hot start. To this one. <laughs> yeah.
7: Ben, you always go for the points. That I know.
6: I'm surprised. Me. I yeah. sold that. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. Don't know. You got to dance with the one that brung you there, Benny. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm usually
2: the one in the corner dancing by myself, so well. it, it should explain it. <laughs> yeah. There you go.
5: Well, moving on to another NFL question: Buy or sell that the winning quarterbacks in the AFC and NFC championship games would pass for at least one hundred or pass for at least 600 yards combined. The answer was a sell. The winning quarterback were Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo and they threw for a combined 371. If you'll remember Mahomes, he had a decent game threw for 294, but Garoppolo, the 49ers ran the ball all day and they he only had 77 passing yards. So yeah. that was a big time sell there. Ben you sold it and were right
2: Nate wrong with a buy. That discrepancy no- is crazy. Yeah, thanks for nothing Jimmy G. But hey, <laughs> Nate at yeah. least he he didn't play fantastically great in the super bowl either so true, true.
6: No, the fourth quarter he was garbage
2: so you'll you'll wear a point of by itself. it means chiefs gonna get, right. get a trophy on aaron, the sacrifices i make that's right aaron Rodgers
5: actually threw for like 330 in that game so if you if he had won and and the chiefs had that would have been a buy there so that's you know you you win some you lose some and nate it looks like you're opening the door for ben here a little bit i like it all right, uh, another <laughs> another
7: Another Super Bowl uh, answer here by our sell, that the winning team in the Super Bowl would win by at least four points and that they would lead the entire fourth quarter. That was a sell. Uh, obviously, we know what happened. The Chiefs won by 11 but trailed by 10 going into the fourth, the second biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Ben, uh, you got that right with the sell. Nate, you were incorrect with the buy. Not sure what my logic was there, but I'm happy
2: I had it. Yeah. Because I was kind of thinking I'd be on the other end. All
5: right. For those of you keeping track, Ben, you are to within one of Nate here. And we continue along with the NFL answers by ourselves that the Super Bowl MVP would be a quarterback. The answer a bye. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl MVP with his terrific. Performance leading the Chiefs back to the win. Nate, you bought it and were right. Ben, you were wrong with the stock. Okay, like why would I sell Woo! that? Yeah, I like, don't know. I don't
2: know what your logic was. Good grief. Hey. Maybe I felt bad that that Nate gave me a point. I wanted to give one back. <laughs> Thanks, I'll take it. <laughs> so we're basi- So basically, my I'm guessing my thought process was it'd be I'm taking tired. the field, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And hey, da- Damian Williams almost got it. He almost got it.
5: Right. It it you know, it, I don't feel like it was that ridiculous of a of a thing to sell it, but Well it seems obvious now that Patrick Mahomes won it. Right. Right. Well and the other thing is you didn't know who was gonna be playing in the Super Bowl at that point. That's true. It was true. only yeah, it was four teams were left. So you you thought maybe that the Chiefs weren't gonna make it or yeah. something. I
7: don't know. Alright, uh, moving on to the NBA here by our soul. That Zion Williamson would average at least 10 points in the first three games that he plays that ended up being a bye. He averaged 19.3 points per game while averaging just 22 minutes per game, which is crazy. Uh, you guys both bought that and we're both correct. He's played pretty much how I thought he would to this point. Yeah. And the thing
2: that's helping him is he's got a lot of good supporting cast members. I know the Pelicans mm-hmm. aren't winning any games, but ingram's having a career year lonzo ball's playing well holiday's been kind of a meh this year but yeah i think he might be on the move he
7: mm-hmm.
2: they've got some parts there i look i know anthony davis probably wouldn't have won them any titles but th- that move for what they got for anthony davis was was a good move for that program that franchise i think yeah
5: all right we move on to our last answer here and it comes from the world of tennis and the Australian Open. Buyers saw that Serena Williams or Novak Djokovic would win the Australian Open, but not both. And that ended up being a buy because Djokovic did win it and Serena did not. Sophia Kennan won the women's title. You guys both sold that and you were both incorrect.
2: Huh. So we were thinking b- both would win? Or neither. Or neither, yeah. It's
7: yeah. not a banner week. That's
2: okay. No, no well, a lot of misses in there. A lot of misses. Ben,
5: you are three of seven. Nate, two of seven. So, Ben, you make up one point. Nate, you're up eighteen to sixteen here in season two, and just one week to go. So, if you can hold off any any uh, surge from Ben, you'll you'll be a two time defending champion and buy sell to start out your career. So,
6: yeah, good start. Well, good I ha- start.
5: I-, I I hate the sound of that. No pressure. Ah.
6: <laughs> I gotta pick first on all these now, right? Well,
5: yeah. I we we can decide. Sometimes when it's this close, we we don't do it that way. Ben, you can kind of be the determiner of that. If you uh, want. I feel
6: like Nate's more of
2: a fair play guy than Greg is, so <laughs> oh, so we don't we don't need to do that. All right. Okay.
5: Very good. Wow. We will alternate then. Yeah. There's there are plenty of questions here. Plus, the other thing is we don't know when we're gonna play next. There are yeah. a lot of answers that could be had in True. the next month or two. So, from other questions that we've asked, but. Let's jump into the questions here, and we start with Nebraska men's basketball. By ourselves, that the Huskers will have at least three different players score 15 plus points in the next two games. Ooh. So it doesn't have to; it, it can be combined between the two games. So if they have two players with 15 in game one, and then one player, a different player with 15 in the other game, then that would count as a. Nate, buy.
2: why don't you go first this time, and I'll go first next time.
6: Okay, that's fair. Um, The Iowa game is probably going to have a pretty good pace to it. So you feel like they can get at least two guys, you know, over 15 there. I'm going to buy this, kind of hoping the pace takes care of me, kind of hoping that, you know, Iowa not being great defensively takes care of me, although getting throttled by Purdue tonight. They're going to be Ooh. locked and loaded for yeah. the big red, I'm afraid. But I, I'm going to buy this. I don't feel great about
5: it. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely possible for there to be three different guys on this team to score that many. You've
2: seen it throughout the year. Well, your three best candidates are Cam, Hanif,
7: and Thor. How about Deshaun?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's <laughs> You wonder how much Iowa is going to bounce back after just allowing 114,000 (laughs) three-pointers to Purdue. Three players to 15 points next two games. Man, that that is a great question. Purdue had four different
5: guys with 15 or more tonight. That was a really, really good question.
2: Um, I'm going to sell it, but I'm with Nate. I don't feel great
7: about my answer either. Okay. All right. Boom goes the dynamite. Boom. All right, moving on to the women's side of things. Buyers sell that Nebraska is plus nine or better in at least one of their next eight regulation quarters. Uh, their next two games are coming up against Iowa, that's at Iowa, and then home against Indiana.
2: What was the number again?
7: Plus nine or better in okay. at least one of their next eight regulation uh, quarters. Plus
2: nine or better. It's kind of a large margin for a quarter. Mm-hmm. It is.
7: Crazier things have happened. Iowa is ranked, so pretty good team. Only two next two games? Yeah, next, next eight quarters. So, yeah, next okay. two games. Yep.
2: I don't know how good Indiana is. I'm going to sell it just because I think that seems pretty high, but I know there's dramatic swings that happens in those mm-hmm. quarter games, much like you know, like a segment in, in men's basketball. Um, not confident, but I'm going to sell it. Okay.
6: I'm a little more confident, especially as this team has struggled lately. I'm going to sell it. Iowa's good. Indiana's decent. You know, to be plus nine on somebody in the league, especially – where you haven't been playing all that well lately not feeling it
5: all right we move on to an area of expertise for you nate and that's husker softball fire saw that right. nebraska scores at least four runs in the first inning of their games in new mexico this weekend so four runs combined between all the games they play in the first inning
6: Ooh, this is very tempting um and especially because the ball tends to travel pretty well here in Las Cruces. You know, we're at altitude. It's only 190 down the line. Um, games tend to be pretty high scoring. Uh, the odds are pretty good. Tristan Edwards is going to be hitting in the first inning. And anytime Tristan Edwards gets it bad, I like my chances. Yeah, I'm buying this. All right.
2: I don't like their odds of scoring one in the first game in the first inning. Um, so now I'm down to three games for four runs,
6: right? Mm-hmm. Four games.
2: Yeah, it's five total this weekend. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it only because I feel like. There will be offense, but I don't know that it comes that early, especially maybe in the first game or two, not being outside, um, you know, yeah. seeing life, pitching in the light. I know it's it's probably more of an issue for baseball than it is softball, but yeah, I, I'm gonna say they're a little slower. I, I don't think that I think they'll score. I just don't know that they'll do it in the first inning. All
7: right, moving on to a little Husker baseball by herself that Nebraska has a player with a three-hit game in the Baylor series.
2: your shot <laughs> yeah a three hit game man it's tough to do it is um it's happened before though in opening series i'm remembering i think brady childs maybe did it um, there Was there's a name drop or at least he had he had at least two <laughs> uh well, well yeah, the only reason i dropped his name because it was surprising we were, i mean right we weren't expecting it um I don't know how I don't know what Baylor has back on the mound. Um, sure, I'll buy it. Why not? <laughs> I like your logic.
6: There you go. <laughs> sure, I'll <laughs> call buy my it. shot. Do I get to yeah, call my shot? Yeah, yeah, call, call your it. shot.
2: My shot is
6: Aaron Polenski. All right, Polenski uh, it is. Oh. Hmm. If somebody was going to do it, I would think it would be him. Um, but do you think anybody is going to do it? That's a great question.
2: <laughs> Jackson Hallmark had a monster series to open wow. the year last year against Riverside. That's my pick. Mm-hmm. That's Brett's
5: pick. Yeah, everybody. I'll buy
6: it too. I, I got faith in the Bolt Bats. Oh. Let's go.
5: Who who you got? Are you making your choice? Uh,
6: no. Oh, you're not even <laughs> well, taking a guess. Geez. <laughs> You know what? I'll go Jackson Hallmark. There you All go. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> be you you, you pressured me it. I was going to say, you can pick anybody. Like, I think
2: Jackson had like nine or ten RBIs that first <laughs> yeah. weekend and had like 12 his whole freshman season.
5: <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's uh, move back to college basketball and broaden it up to uh, the top 25. Buy or sell that the top five teams in the AP poll score At least 370 points
6: combined on Saturday. Hmm. This is where I do my lung division. Yeah, here's the 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 calculator? (laughs) Too bad we don't Um, have a camera
5: on you in your hotel room in Las Cruces. (laughs) I don't know what. He could be cheating right now. This is the only thing that we would need it for. But
6: Yeah, this very moment. Uh, (laughs) Okay, 375, you say? 375 divided by 5. Okay, so that would be uh, that, Sorry, that would be 75
5: points each. Sorry, 370 divided by 5. 370
6: so 70, 70, 74. Okay. My bad. Okay, I'm with you. All right. Um somebody's going to get an offensive slog fest or get bored because it's February and you know, you still have a whole month to go on the regular season and it, yeah, I I'm not feeling this. I'm selling it.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm selling it too. It wow, seems so. high. All right. I and mean, only I mean I'm only gonna take one that could go off. But. Right. Well, Gonzaga is averaging
5: eighty eight points a game this year, so they yeah. would be the one that would put up a big number, but and I you know, I went through and looked at their averages and their if, if they all averaged what they're averaging, it would be probably over four hundred points, but it was adjusted a little bit for what, what their averages are. Uh, let's move on to the NBA with our next question.
7: Yeah, it's uh, so a buy or sell that the Milwaukee Bucks have 10 or more losses by the end of play on March 6th.
2: Best record in the NBA? Seven right now. Possibly the best
7: player in the NBA.
2: He just smacked someone at Pelicans yesterday.
7: Yeah, Do you see Zion take the ball away from Giannis, though? That's I pretty did. Pretty cool. It's like the only highlight for the Pelicans. And I saw Giannis dunk on yeah, some dude on the, line, like, yeah, the he, next trip down the floor. Giannis is a... I mean, he's a freak. That's what he is. Is he Greek, too? He's a Greek I've freak. heard that he is of Greek uh, nationality, yes. Um, Their schedule is very favorable.
2: So they lose up. three times by when? March 6th. So
5: they play the Lakers on March 6th, which... Is one of the games that would definitely be up
2: for grabs that they could possibly lose, but
5: Think, uh, basically in the next month, do they so lose they
2: had to lose three times in the next month. Yeah. yeah, playing basically twice a week. Yep. So, <laughs> if my long division is correct, that's what like eight games between eight and ten games. Yeah, it'd be about ten games. Ten games, so you got to go seven and three. Yeah, I'm buying. You're buying that they do have ten losses? Or no no, I, so I want I want under ten losses. Okay, so, You're so that's sure. a sell? Yeah, selling.
6: Yeah, sell. So I, I just don't see it. I mean, Milwaukee's clearly the best team in the East. Yeah. I I have a touch. you know, even if they drop that Lakers game, you know, they gotta lose two more. I, I don't see two more losses on that schedule.
7: No. No, if the, if the I, I'm riding with were, the freak. Yeah. yeah. Sixers not being good this year doesn't help. But right, the Sixers, know.
5: they played the Sixers twice in that stretch. All right. right. Sticking with the NBA, buy or sell that Dwight Howard or Aaron Gordon win the slam dunk contest. <laughs> Fun fact that Dwight Howard is in the slam dunk
6: contest. <laughs> Fun fact that Dwight Howard is still alive. <laughs> <He's> still <laughs> Still has an NBA career. Yep. Ah, boy, I don't know. I
5: I looked up the names of the other guys who were playing er, or that were participating (laughs) earlier. Don't know them.
7: Don't know (laughs) them. Have
5: no idea. This is
6: not Dominique Wilkins versus Michael Jordan. No, it is not. Unfortunately. Aaron
2: Gordon (laughs) has participated before.
6: He
7: he
2: and Zach Levine had an epic dunk contest. Oh,
7: That was like one of the best in probably the last 20 years
2: about 20
6: years yeah, since i've really since, sat since down Vince to watch Carter, the yeah.
2: i think one contest. of
5: the other guys has participated but I'm, again i'm blanking on his name don't know him nate you're up yeah, yeah. it's all you nate yes
6: being a dunk contest expert and connoisseur oh, i yes. i'm going with the field i am selling this well i mean there's only two other guys but <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're saying not basically sure. it's pat connaughton and like Derek jones jr right sure oh God. but the thing is it's
7: always the guy you don't think it's I think be. Derek Jones is gonna win it
2: but okay, I want to so be you, different
5: oh okay so um <laughs> well no you
2: oh okay yeah yeah it would be a sell if you said Derrick Jones I think he's gonna win it but I'll say Aaron Gordon just because I've seen him do it before I know he I know he can dunk I know he yeah. can do it. Does he well, do I mean, the chairs? I would chair hope sit? that a
5: guy can dunk if they're in the dunk contest.
2: I mean, like <laughs> flashy dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm not talking a volleyball in gym class. The guys like grazing the rim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking a bunch of ninth graders grabbing a volleyball and trying to dunk at recess, right. pulling
7: themselves up by the net. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. All right. All right. Understood. Another question here. This one coming from a little professional football, not the NFL, the XFL by itself, yes. that the home teams go two and two or four and and0 oh in week one games. <laughs> kind of just a gut thing. I know that you guys have all done your research on the just, XFL. Just, just go with your gut. I mean, what was the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> it's
2: probably, it's probably, it's probably two and two or three and one, right? You would think. Does Vegas put out lines on these games? I don't know. I didn't look them up. <laughs> <If> they did,
5: <laughs> all I know is that there's eight teams. <laughs> no, they're going. They. <laughs> Ben selling what do they do so they gotta go undefeated
7: or two and two so two and two they or go three and
5: one okay Ben says three and one so
6: that's a sell there are xFL betting odds
5: okay oh
6: not not only are there xFL betting odds but like they're gonna show them on the screen the whole time are you it's, serious oh,
7: wow
2: yeah
6: they're, they're leaning <laughs> into it so All what, right. are, yeah, what okay. are the what are the home
2: team spreads do we have those <laughs> no Nicole come on no we're not I mean already just, <laughs> answered just
7: let's just get the answers <laughs>
5: Well, we also don't want to give away too much. There's another
6: question coming
5: up. Okay. We're on a shot
7: clock here.
6: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll – you know what? Ho- home team sweep. I'll buy it. Oh,
5: bye. 4-0 <laughs> oh for Nate. Boom. All right. So that's actually it for the regular questions, but we need to do a tiebreaker just in case Ben makes up two points. So our tiebreaker question, uh, Nate, you will give the line, so the over-under, and then Ben, you will pick okay. over-under on the line that Nate gives. So, Nate – You'll set the line for points scored in the first week of XFL games. There's, I'm guessing there's four Ooh. games. There are four games. So four games, four
6: games. Give me the total points scored in those four games. Uh, you should see the ferocious calculations <laughs> that are being made right now in, in room 236. Um, oh. Oh, <laughs> Anybody in Las Cruces? Go to Nate's hotel. They don't know which
5: hotel <laughs> he's at. Probably not too many there.
6: Okay, so um, you know what? I, I don't expect the offensive execution to be of a <laughs> high level. <in> these games. <laughs> um, let, let's let's go. One hundred and twenty-two. Wow. Over, 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 over. You hope. <laughs> Give me points at XFL. All
5: right. Enthusiasm. Love it. I hope it comes down to that. <laughs> I hope it comes down to it and we're all watching the, the XFL. That would be
2: something, huh? All right, oh. is that it? Yep, that's it. All right, good stuff. Nate, we're going to cut you loose, man.
6: Go get some prep done. Get a good night's sleep. Good, good luck on the call tomorrow. Thank you much, brother. You guys take care.